Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, along here with... Eric Sanchez. Very official. Yeah. <laughs> Today, guys, we have a, a fun show. As you heard in the intro, we're going to do WrestleMania moments. And before I get into a little bit of the details of that, as always, follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Find us on SoundCloud, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. We're also on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, or whatever, Android, or Windows Phone, if you have a Windows Phone. Like seven people have that. Do you have a Windows Phone? No. no. Do you have the phone that blows up, the Android phone? No. Okay. Uh, or shoot us an email to positively pro wrestling, oh, wrong email address, ppwpodcast at gmail.com. On today's show, I mentioned we're talking WrestleMania moments, and we're actually going to do something that I hate other shows do. So we have we each have lists, but there's no real criteria for them. It's pretty much just lists that we like or moments that we like. I thought about doing actual defining moments, but then Eric was like, look, we've talked about a lot of WrestleMania stuff, and I feel like we've gone over these things over and over again. So let's talk about some lesser-known stuff or some build, things like that, because yeah. we talked about Rock Hogan so many times. We've talked about, I don't know, Insert a Hogan Warrior so many times. We talk about just all these matches all the time. Right. And we're only in the 11th show. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, spoiler alert, there's going to be a few uh, leftover ones from previous shows, but I think we're going to put new spins on them. Yeah. When you, when you brought the topic up to me, I did mention that, and I also told you that I kind of wanted to dig deeper into the WrestleManias because I don't think the main events or the second-to-last main events are the most important of the matches. There's things that, to my memory that just stand out over time. I totally forget, say, WrestleMania 23 main event. I don't know what that was. But I'll remember, say, Mickey James and Trish Stratus from WrestleMania 22, just from mostly the promos, the build-up, and the match themselves. Yeah. In WrestleMania 22, with you mentioned Mickey James and Trish Stratus. That's, spoiler again, it's going to be on, on our yeah. moments here. That was a thing where the, the crowd was kind of bizarre world because Trish was supposed to be the baby face and Mickey was supposed to be the heel, but they switched around and that kind of made the match super fun and probably what made it help stick out for you was a moment. Yeah. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. We also sure. have a, a couple interviews today. First, we have Javier. Javier I recorded way back, and he was the, one of the first or second guys to sign on to do this project, and I'm really thankful for it because at the time I was like, maybe there'll be nobody who wants to do this, but luckily we've got a bunch of people that come through for it. He's going to be on before we start the countdown. Then we'll start a little countdown, take a break, and have the second interview of the day, which is my one of my really good friends, Pat. And he's he's in D.C. right now. He's in the military. He's been in D.C., Hawaii, Chicago, all over the place. And he's been to a few WrestleManias with me. He was a buddy I grew up with. I, he was one of the first friends I met when I moved to our new house in second grade. And 
we bonded over just boy stuff, playing, you know, forts and army and sleds and, and roller roller hockey. And later as we got older, he would always come to my house to watch wrestling on Monday nights because his parents didn't really let him watch it, which in retrospect they probably shouldn't have were in seventh grade. Austin's giving mm-hmm. the finger and pulling a gun on Brian Pillman. But my parents worked nights. So he came over and we watched wrestling. And as we got older, we went to a handful of WrestleManias in a row. So we've got some fun stories just about our experiences there. Another thing I wanted to bring up before we get started, my wife kind of gave me some shit. She goes, you know, on a lot of the interviews, you bring up the same story over and over again. I go, <laughs> what story is that? It's mostly about her and um, her experience there. And and the reason I do that, just in case anyone else has noticed that, is because these interviews, as much as I want to pretend they're live as they're happening, they're not. They're recorded over a series of time. So those people that are I'm talking to either haven't heard the shows in the future yet because they're not Marty McFly and Doc Brown. Also, they haven't heard that story yet. And mm-hmm. it, and sometimes that's the way the conversation flows. I have another interview scheduled today for next week's show that won't air today. It'll be next week's show that I'm sure I will tell the same story over and over again. So everybody, particularly Lauren, chill out. <laughs> chill out. Uh, Javier, so really quick before I, I kick it over the interview, Javier wanted me to mention his Twitter account. So Javier, when I interviewed him, I was like, no, I don't have a Twitter. I'm not really starting it. But I don't know what inspired him, but him and his friend finally started a podcast. So their podcast is called the Bits for You podcast. And you can follow him on Twitter at Bits, the number four you podcast, Bits, the number four you podcast. And it's two average geeks that enjoy films, games, TV, comics, wrestling, MA. And occasionally, and occasionally, the philosophy this is uh, by the way his twitter bio so at fits for you podcast philosophy (laughs) is there a question mark on there (laughs) it says maybe a life-altering stuff (laughs) either way we're going to check him out later it'll be fun oh yeah definitely i'm going to check out his podcast but that's another thing too uh if anyone's listening and you're thinking about starting a podcast just do it you don't necessarily have to buy a couple microphones and and stuff like i did but just you, you can use your phone and record a show with your friends and even if like three people listen it's fun because it gives you an excuse to hang out with your friends and talk yeah. every week. And, uh, yeah, let's kick it over to Javier for the very first in the interview today. And this is Javier with his WrestleMania memories. All right, guys, now we're going to go to Dallas with Javier. Javier, how are you? Hey, great and yes. Doing good. So, Javier, you've been to WrestleMania's 24 through 32, right? That's correct. Okay. So, your first one, what made you decide, okay, I'm going to go to WrestleMania? Because it's a big trip. It's not a cheap trip either. Well, actually, my first trip was cheap because I lived in Florida at the time, and uh-huh. it, the 24 was at Orlando. Yeah. So it was just a drive. Okay. Well, ob- that- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, obviously, something happened where you wanted to keep going. Yeah. That Well, that first one was cheap also because it was $100 tickets, but and I went with my friend, but uh, it was I had so much fun. Like, that WrestleMania, that was the WrestleMania with Ric Flair's retirement. Mm-hmm. Um match with the undertaker it was just a great experience and the atmosphere was just explosive and everybody's reacting because you go to the arenas and you know there's plenty of reaction but when you go to a stadium that's like a sea of people yeah i was gonna ask that you've been to other shows before and when you're at a giant stadium it's a completely different atmosphere and different feel because it's literally triple the size of what you're normally used to uh and and the people inside are from all over the world too um when you went, uh, I guess, to Orlando and then previous and ones after that, did you stay around the area and the city you were in? Did you do other stuff where you kind of interacted with other fans in the area or just go straight to the event? 
So for most of the WrestleManias, I actually just kind of go around town and whatever the tourist spots are for that area. Mm-hmm. A few times I've been to like uh, Access or WrestleCon. I haven't been able to actually go to other, other wrestling shows during that time because it's always sold out pretty quick on those. Yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty packed too. So if you want, could you talk about what I try to explain to people when I go? Is WrestleMania takes over a town, so it's one of the only times you'll see wrestling shirts literally everywhere you go. Is that something you kind of experienced too in all your times you've went? Yeah, like when I expect for the next WrestleMania, which is in Orlando again, uh, when you go to Disney or Universal, I expect you know at least a quarter or more of people wearing wrestling shirts. Yeah, it'll be interesting for families to see all these wrestling fans taking over their family vacation in Orlando. Um, so you've been through 24 through 32. Which one's been your favorite one so far? Uh, honestly, 30, just because that was the one where Undertaker streak ended. Mm-hmm. And the crowd was so surprised. I, I, they took everybody's breath away. And that atmosphere, you can't replicate that, really. Yeah, I was there, too. And it literally, I was telling someone, I was up in the second deck, and you could hear, like, a pin drop when the first thing happened. And then when the 21-1 and one came up, the whole arena just lost it, or the whole stadium just lost it. Uh, were you in New Orleans for a few days, or did you just go to the show? I was in for, there for a few days. That's the one I actually went to uh, Access and WrestleCon. Mm-hmm. So with Access and WrestleCon, I've been to Access, never been to WrestleCon. What would you say is the big difference? It seems like WrestleCon is a lot more, I guess, laid back and, and relaxed. Yeah. Um, also, WrestleCon, you have to pay for each person's autograph. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, versus Access, everybody's you know already included in the price. Did you get to, Did you get to meet anybody cool? Uh, WrestleCon, I met uh, Bret Hart that year. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nope. Sorry, it's the dog barking in the background. <laughs> um, so, when you were at WrestleMania, you've been to 25 as well. To me, WrestleMania 25 had the best match in WrestleMania history, which was Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker one. Uh, which would you say has been the favorite match you've gotten to see live? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that match and uh, the one that follow up in in uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. That, those two were fantastic. Uh, Daniel Bryan's win for the two, for the title. Yep, at thirty. That was another. Yeah, in thirty, that was another great moment, a great match. And last year, it seemed like the card wasn't that great. A lot of people, but I went and I still had a, a lot of fun. I mean, did you experience that where you've gone to shows where the card's not amazing, but you still have a, a good time being there? Yeah, I still had a great time. Uh, I mean, even the day before, I actually went to NXT. Okay. Oh, you got to that, see the Nakamura's debut? Yes, that that's, was... That's pretty crazy. amazing. I'm pretty jealous. I was surprised I even got the tickets for that one. Yeah, so that's another thing, too, where it becomes an entire event. It's not just the show itself. Um, so another question I had for you is, which is your favorite venue out of all the ones you've been to? Actually, the one in Dallas. I know I'm from Dallas, but... That venue's uh, well AC'd. It's brand new, mm-hmm. state of the art. Normally, when you go, where do you sit? Have you kind of been all over the place? Do you have floor seats, club seats, hundred level, nosebleeds? Where I, are you? I never do uh, the floor because someone stands up or stands in a chair. You just mm-hmm. can't see. Yeah, 
So, so I generally almost entirely stay on uh, the first level. Okay. Uh, last year I did second level. That was like the first row and second mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. You're going this year too, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what are you hoping for this year? Because since the last, the last WrestleMania at Orlando, the stadium's been remodeled, but it's still kind of not in the best area, I'd say. But did you ever do any tailgates or anything there, or did you just kind of take a cab to the show? Yeah, to be honest, I still have to figure out the transportation for that one. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, from what I remember last time, the parking was kind of ridiculous, but I'm sure you'll figure it out. And the good news is it'll be you and 70,000 wrestling fans, so you'll all be okay. You'll be in a giant group together. Yeah. Uh, I, I usually prefer to walk. Mm-hmm. That way, it's uh, even though it might take a little bit longer, it's a lot faster than going through the car. Now, You've obviously been to a lot of shows. Would you recommend someone that's never been to a WrestleMania or even hasn't been a fan for a while just to go to a show, to WrestleMania? Yeah, even if you go for a nosebleed, it's just the atmosphere alone is pretty addicting. And then, you know, sometimes you have these great moments or matches. How would you compare it to another, other, I guess, even just a live football game or another sporting event? <clears throat> yeah, I've been to football games. Those are exciting, but I don't know. It's I think the crowd just... Uh, it's a different crowd. Everybody's you – no know, football crowd, people are pretty hyped up about their team. Mm-hmm. But this is a different – I feel like this is like a different crowd just because there's – I feel like they're even more into it and in terms of the amount of people that are really into it. Yeah, and there's people from all over the world. It's literally the only place I've been to where there's people from all over the world every year. Yeah, um, yeah. So with this year's WrestleMania coming up, I kind of cut you off. What are you hoping for? For the for the matches, for the event itself, for the weekend, what, anything in particular hoping for? I always look forward to Undertaker's matches. Um, I always look forward to uh, well nowadays just to see uh, Roman Reigns. I'm actually I actually do like Roman Reigns, but mm-hmm. just his reaction alone is is great. Yeah, nobody nobody's sitting down when he comes out, regardless if you like him or not. So there's one one or the other. You mentioned the Undertaker. And last year I went with someone who went gone for the first time, and I mentioned how big of a deal it was, how cool The Undertaker's entrance is live. Um, for his entrances, do you have a favorite one that you've been to, or do they all kind of blend together? They mostly do. I remember, I can't remember which one. There's one he's coming out, and there's a bunch of hands coming out from the ground. I'm glad you brought that up. That was WrestleMania 29 against CM Punk, and that was my favorite one. So that one where he's oh, coming really? out through the zombies, yeah. Um, it's just something where you kind of get goosebumps every time, and I'm, it's going to be sad when he finally can't go anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's getting there. He's, uh, you can tell he's aging. Yeah. But he he's is. still, you know, performing like, well. It seems like every year he holds it all in for one show, and then it has to, and he can't move for a year. So it seems like <laughs> what he does every year. Um, well, do you have any other random little stories or fun little moments that you might have had in all of your WrestleMania travels, just something out of the ordinary, or is anything you want to share? Actually, this year is my first time that I actually went to a Royal Rumble, which now will be full up with the WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So, that'll, so that'll be interesting. Uh, and just the Royal Rumble itself, that was fun with Roman Reigns came on, coming yeah, out number how, 30. How was that when you were there live? I can't imagine how, much, how mad people were. Let me tell you this. The guy next to me th- took off his jacket and threw it in the ground and repeatedly slammed it against the ground. <laughs> That's <laughs> so a, mad. Speaking of guys freaking out, when The Undertaker lost – um, can you describe kind of how it was in your section at WrestleMania 30 when the Undertaker lost? Most people were saying what or like this can't be. There's someone's going to come out. Mm-hmm. I think someone near me was saying uh, someone's coming out to 
continue the match or something. Overturn it, yeah. So a guy next yeah. to me got up and left, <laughs> left the show. <laughs> so people take their Undertaker streak seriously, but it's awesome that you get to go to. You officially went on the road to WrestleMania at the start of it with the Royal Rumble. Now you get to see where it goes. Um, if anything else you want to share before we wrap things up about just anything you recommend to people to do when they go to WrestleMania, to get there early, to merchandise, to meeting guys, anything you have since you're kind of a veteran of this. Yeah, sure. I have a few recommendations. Okay. So for getting there, I always get there at least a few hours ahead, uh, especially with pre-matches uh, or pre-show mm-hmm. matches. You're not sure exactly when they're going to start. And then just the traffic to get into there, if you're actually going by car, yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So if you get there like maybe two hours earlier, okay, or or three, mm-hmm. that's. Uh, and then uh, another thing is for merchandise, people don't take enough advantage of it, but you could pre-order it or pre-purchase it online, and then you just go to a booth, you pick it up, and there's no line for that booth. It's, you just pick up your merchandise. Is it like an? I wasn't even aware of this. Is it, like an, is it like an app or something, or you just go to a website? It's called like uh, W Shop Express. Oh, okay. So if you're there, you go on your phone, you can order whatever you want, and don't have to wait in any lines. Like even the Rumble, I bought it like two, uh, a day or two before, so you can even get it days before. Awesome, awesome. Well, I hope you have fun this year, and thank you so much for coming on. Um, again, if you want, do you have a Twitter or anything you want anyone to follow or anything like that? Uh, sorry, I don't have any uh, Twitter, okay. but but I'm on Reddit. <laughs> okay, I'm on Squared Circle, like everybody else is. It's the best forum on the internet. Yeah, I agree totally. Well, thanks again, man. I appreciate you coming on. And um, this guy, Javier from Dallas, been 24 to 32. He'll be there again this year. So what's your username on Squared Circle if someone wants to reach out? It's uh, Nephi Kupel, N-E-P-H-Y-K-U-P-O. All right. Well, thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Okay, thanks, Javier. Really appreciate that coming on. And, again, follow Javier on Twitter uh, at bits for you podcast and again he was one of the first people i got to talk to and it might have seemed like i was kind of struggling on some questions a little bit but we were we were both trying to figure it out but either way it's always good to get somebody's perspective who's been wrestling even if it's the same show over and over again one more thing before we get started i have a question for eric have you ever bought something stupid and then forgot you bought it and then it showed up at your door no really no. <laughs> Every time I buy something, I'm, I'm on the tracking, just waiting for it to come. Okay. Move your mic up a little bit. You're talking to your chin again. Uh, so I do this not not a lot, but a few times I do do it. And do you need some help? No, yeah. I got it. Okay, good. <laughs> so one-click buy on Amazon is like the worst thing ever. And I, I didn't tweet this out, but I put it on Snapchat. I got a package in the mail my wife's like, what's that? I don't know. <laughs> I opened it up, <laughs> and it was a cop, two DVDs. It was Angels in the Outfield. Holds up, by the way, a lot. Watched it last night. And Suburban Commando. Oh, I think I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I, I might have tweeted it. Yeah. Yeah. Suburban Commando and Angels in the Outfield. Like, and you were drunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible. And then behind me, there's a new addition to my shelf here. It's the WrestleMania Legacy VHS collection, the original one. Yeah. Luckily, that wasn't a stupid purchase. That was a thrift store find. I found them like $4. Holy shit. Buying this. Yeah, that's a good deal. And it displays very nicely. Yeah, and what's and that's kind of why I liked it. And what's also cool about that, so I also, I'm a, a bit of a completist when it comes to collecting stuff. So I have all the WrestleMania on DVD slash Blu-ray, 
I have all the original Coliseum video releases of WrestleMania VHS tapes. The reason I like this is because these are the original pay-per-view broadcasts of it. The Coliseum ones are altered. They added clips, removed stuff. Those are the original ones. The network has the pay-per-view versions as well, but obviously there's going to be edits here and there because of company reasons. But those are the original, original ones. And plus it displays pretty sweet. Yeah, kind of like Star Wars. You got the original original release. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll tweet that out too. I think we're finally ready to get started with the WrestleMania moments. You think? Maybe. <laughs> I'm also. I'm really sure. liking that uh, those WrestleMania tapes. Yeah, isn't it nice? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, there's also um, I've got some figures and stuff behind it, but behind. <laughs> so when I tweet the picture out, people are going to be confused because behind it, there's another picture of my two friends in a fist fight and me trying to separate them. <laughs> so that's a whole other story that I could tell another time. <laughs> Let's get started. WrestleMania moments. All right. Podcast. We're about ten minutes in. Of our talking, not including the interview. I'm also going to try a new thing where I'm going to add audio clips to the beginning of these. The reason I want to do that because when I was going back and watching these, talking about it's one thing, but getting to, to listen to it or see it again is another thing. I was kind of taken back to those moments when I was watching these, and I think the audio clips will help a lot. Eric and I are pretty much just going to go back and forth again. There's no rhyme or reason why we want these other than we wanted to pick out cool moments that we might not have thought of before. The first one I'm going to do is one we've touched on a little bit. It's The Rock versus Cena at WrestleMania 28. And I've talked about it a handful of times about how my friends and I went. We were pumped The Rock won, etc. This WrestleMania match had a few moments. It had the build. It had the entrances. It had the stare down between Rock and Cena at the very beginning, which was a little bit of an homage to Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania 18. I think they were kind of going for that, hoping for the flash bulbs and the pan out to the crowd, which they got. This moment I pick is going to be the very, very end of the match. Yes, people's elbow, Cena. So what I just played there was a YouTube video, and it's called Rock Cena Live Reaction. And I'll tweet the link out, too. So there's this kid, and he's just in his house watching WrestleMania with his family, and it's just his point of view of him watching the screen as the match happens. And he's kind of agonizing over it because he really, really wants Cena to win. And then when The Rock wins, he's so pissed. And that was the <laughs> exact opposite reaction of what I had. So you have a one WrestleMania moment to go two complete opposite ends of the spectrum there of, of The Rock winning, which I had no reason he was going to win. And my favorite is the end. You kind of got to listen for it. As he's watching with the members of his family, she's sitting in the chair behind him. She's like, oh, dang, The Rock beat him. (laughs) And I I love watching those live reaction stuff. So that was the moment I picked out specifically was the end of the match, the Cena going for the people's elbow, the you know, to make fun of The Rock. Rock pops up, hits The Rock bottom. Right. He does the kick up and everything, and the people are like, oh, my God, this is happening. This is happening. And then that guy was like, oh, my God, it's happening. Oh, fuck, I hate this. <laughs> what are your thoughts about the end of the match? It's not the whole build. It's just the end of the match. No, I love the end of the match. I was hoping The Rock would win because I, I think that was during the time, and it probably still lingers here, but I think that was the height of the hatred for Cena. Mm-hmm. And to see Rock come in and whoop his ass, I thought was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is 
Cena carried the rock through that match because the rock gashed like two minutes in. Yeah, but you'd build once in a lifetime, and then one of my Attitude Era heroes comes in. I'm like, uh, that's the guy I want to win. <laughs> yeah, but you like Cena, right? He's okay. I like Cena now. There mm-hmm. was a while I didn't like him. Because mm-hmm. I, I was on the punk train, and punk just disparaged anybody that opposed him and talked everybody down. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you got up for your next for your WrestleMania? Oh, well, one of the first uh, time periods that I got into it was Boss Man had just turned a good guy. And I think it was the fall of 1990. Bobby Heenan just starts, you know, making fun of Boss Man's mama, how she's ugly. And I remember it was on primetime, and he said something about Jake the Snake Roberts and Boss Man both, both live in Georgia. And uh, Boss Man's mom, or Jake the Snake went to show Boss Man's mom his snake, and the snake went back in the bag because she was so ugly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but Boss Man kept coming out, and he's like, you better stop talking about my mama. <laughs> <laughs> you know, multiple times he would do this. And so, <laughs> so Heenan essentially made it where, you know, to, to get his hands on Heenan, he had to go through the whole Heenan family. So like Survivor Series, I think Boss Man gets rid of Haku in the, in the match. And then Royal Rumble, he, he goes through Barbarian. And his goal is to get to Bobby Heenan. And then uh, WrestleMania, perfect perfect as a guy. And I figure, okay, he's going to win the Intercontinental title. He's going to get his hands on Heenan, and this whole thing is going to be put to bed. Mm-hmm. So he came out, and everything was to get to Bobby Heenan. And Bobby Heenan doing some cheap shots, and everybody's like, oh, my God, would you look at that? What is he, what is he thinking, you know, going on the side and kicking Boss Man when he's on the outside of the ring at, at the WrestleMania match with uh, Perfect? Um, but just Andre comes out, and Heenan thinks he's he's best buds with Andre, but Andre hates him, too. Uh, so what is your WrestleMania moment <laughs> with this, all this stuff? Just Bobby Heenan making fun of the big boss man's Pretty mama? much, yeah. All right, I don't have. A, I I tried to find an audio clip of this. I don't have one, but I do have this. The Bossman's theme song, right? Yeah. <laughs> you could talk over this. Any more stuff you have? Oh well, that's kind of it, I guess. If you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna poop on it. <laughs> what? So what's the moment? Like the you, moment was just. The last guy he had to face was perfect, and he beat perfect. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't win the title. No, he didn't. So, but, so you were you were more thinking of this as the build up, like the whole the storyline build. Yes, yeah. I get it. I get it. So, my but, next, but other things that I have are specific moments of a match. Okay. Well, my next moment coming up here. This, this was where, obviously, you heard it, was when Macho Man lost to the Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania 7. We had the post-match with him and Liz. Mm-hmm. This, when I rewatched it, like, the crowd was eating up every minute of it. And, you know, the announcer sold it well, and Macho Man and Liz had the real emotion and all that. I don't have to break this down too much because we've talked about the match itself a thousand times, the post-match, everything. This is in the middle of what some people have broken down as a four-year storyline arc with the Macho Man. Starting at WrestleMania 4, mm-hmm. Macho Man wins the WWF title in the tournament. Has his big year, but then Hogan comes in, starts taking a little bit of his thunder away from him. They form the Mega Powers. They split. Macho Man loses the title WrestleMania 5. 
he goes on to win the King of the Ring tournament to stay in the main event scene, becomes the Macho King. Fused with Dusty Rhodes, a few with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, continues that, the Macho King character, into WrestleMania 7. Before WrestleMania 7, he's trying to get a title match, trying to get back to the WWF title. Has the match with the Ultimate Warrior, loses, turns back babyface, joins with Liz. If he re- actually retired there, might have been a cool end to his storyline. This this wasn't, I don't necessarily think, planned. This is just what I observed watching his career. Mm-hmm. He goes back with Liz, you know, moves on, happy life, gets gets the marriage, gets the main event SummerSlam as the wedding. Little burp there. Then, the next year, after he comes out of retirement, because he has the feud with Jake the Snake Roberts, he gets in, he gets in reinstated big, having a feud, because Jake the Snake Roberts snake bit him, almost killed him. It happens, right? <laughs> right. Then, he gets into the Royal Rumble match, loses the Royal Rumble match, then, through a series of circumstances, gets inserted into the WWF Championship at WrestleMania Championship match at WrestleMania Eight, beats Ric Flair, wins the WWF title with Liz at his side. So he yeah. starts with Liz at his side at four, ends with his side at four, holding the title. It's a four-year storyline. You know, even if it had out. ended at WrestleMania Seven with them reuniting again, I thought it was a, a good ending to that. Yeah, it was, and that's what I said because. It's just a build-up, a build-up, a build-up, and there's that one moment. The whole build of that story, that four-year storyline has mm-hmm. a series of moments. I picked that one specifically because that one sticks out to me the most because of the emotion involved in it, because of the the whole, just everything. The match was great. The post-match was great. Everything was awesome about that whole thing. So yeah. let's, uh, Eric, you, what are you, Eric's uh, next clip is going to be. What's your next one? Oh. <laughs> I was looking at you to say your next one. No, I thought you were pausing for a second. Yeah, I did. I literally paused for a second and stared at you. No, it's a play clip. The uh, Probably Trish Stratus and Mickey James, WrestleMania 22. Okay. Thanks. Mickey James trying to take Trish mentally right out of her game after physically trying to take that left leg away. Took me mentally right out of my game. And Mickey James now taking down Trish Stratus. Will it be enough? Yes, it is. Uh, just Mickey James again. This is a build-up story. Just Mickey James coming in and just being totally obsessed with Trish Stratus, and everything leads up. They go through, um, I think, New Year's Re- Revolution, and then Mickey turns on her because she's. Being denied Trish's affection. Trish wants nothing to do with her because she's just an obsessive fan. So they have this match at WrestleMania, and just the the match between them two was so good. And then there's a point in the match towards the end where just psycho lesbian Mickey, <laughs> she just grabs Trish's crotch. Yeah. <laughs> and it's edited out on, probably on the network, but mm-hmm. it's on Daily Motion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just grabs her crotch. You know, I, it's the crotch the crotch grab is still on the network. Okay. The post, the part where, where she licks her fingers. Yeah, that is yeah, taking. I'm like, off. oh my god, this is insane. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the live broadcast. I remember watching that live. Yeah. So that was towards the end, and then uh, Mickey screws up the Stratus faction, and then mm-hmm. she hits her with not the chick kick, but the Mick kick. Mm-hmm. But I thought everything building up to that moment was just so great, and then Mickey doing that in front of all of those people just was so obscene. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever hear Mickey talk about that moment? Like no. what happened after she backstage? 
So you heard in the clip, obviously, the hilarious JR line and what did it say, the crazy chick one or whatever, the yeah. psychopath. Right. Uh, Mickey's like, she went backstage and Vince McMahon was so mad at me. He goes, do you know how much work I'm going to do to edit that clip out now? I'm so disappointed in you. And she's like, oh, this is like the best moment of my life. Yeah. And oh my God, what was I thinking type of thing. But I think in the heat of the moment, the reaction to what she did was just insane. Mm-hmm. Like, people loved it. <laughs> yep. But I think for future broadcasts, you know, maybe he had a little foresight to edit that out. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm, it's not in the DVD. It's not in the network. It's the only place that it's going to be is the original broadcast if you find that on Daily Motion, like you said. Yeah. Let's uh, stay at WrestleMania 22 for nine, my next WrestleMania moment. That must be a point the ladder. He cannot do this. The DX side. So this match was Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon. It was just a hardcore street fight. And when Michaels did the crotch chop on top of the the ladder, the crowd went nuts. And I went nuts watching it because up until then, Michaels hadn't been with D-Generation X since 1998. They did a little tease in 2002 for literally a few seconds before Hunter turned on Triple H again. Mm -hmm. Or Hunter turned on Triple H. Hunter turned on Shawn Michaels. But when Michaels is up at the top of the ladder, did the crotch chop, the crowd was like, holy shit, because there was no, like, hinting towards it. There was nothing leaked on the internet or anything like that. Yeah. And he just did it, and the crowd went, they're shouting, DX, DX. And I'm glad that JR and the King both called it out and called attention to it. And I wonder, I'm sure they had it planned, but later that night, Hunter does it to, to John Cena in the main event, like, does the suck it time. So there's a little tease? Yeah, he's like, he does the, he mocks him with the you can't see me, then does the suck it, and just an, just an awesome moment. And not only the the crotch chop on the top of the ladder, but if this was the huge, you know, 15, 20-foot ladder, and he does an elbow drop off the ladder through a table, and Vince McMahon's in a trash can. Now, Vince McMahon, could you imagine not knowing when the impact's going to come? Because <laughs> right. you're completely blind. You just have to go by the roar of the crowd. And he might have been like, okay, it's here, here it's coming, because Michael's did the crotch chop first, and he's yeah. getting ready for it. And, like, oh, no. and then he goes through it. So that that's a moment that they're going to play over and over again. And uh, on the, Shawn Michaels has a DVD slash Blu-ray set called Mr. WrestleMania, and he talks about each match before they play. And he talked about in this match how he didn't feel any pressure. He could just like, I could just go have fun. I don't have to have the best match in the show because of who I'm working with. People aren't expecting it. I think they still had the best match of that show. There was the triple threat was awesome with Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton for the title, but it was so short. It was like an eight minute match. Mm-hmm. Uh, also the Cena, tri- Cena triple H match was good. The edge Foley match also very, very awesome with the huge spot with the flaming table. But I think that was the best match for us. Many 22 was Michaels versus Vince McMahon. So he, he stole the show without trying. <laughs> I think uh, we'll go one more in the next interview. So here's Eric's next one. Oh, and I will be waiting, President Piper, at WrestleMania 12 on my Hollywood backlot wearing bells. And if you're lucky, little else. The thrill of being you titillates me. It sends goosebumps. Up and down my curvy spine. And oh, yes, I will beat you, President Piper. Believe me, it will be the spanking like you have never had before. Yeah, the next one I got is the Roddy Piper and Goldust feud. Yeah. It was WrestleMania... 12. 12. Yep. Yeah. 
I think initially it was supposed to be Razor Ramon, but he, he was suspended off and on, so they just switched it you know, with another macho guy, which was Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Goldust at the time was just super homoerotic and just insane. Like, he was, just, he was gay. Like but he wasn't. That, no, that, that's, that, what, that, that's, that's what he wanted you to get in your head. That's what made it so good. Yeah. Because like, he was... Like, Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, there were just different promos leading up to the match where yeah, we just played the first one. So when Eric told me this moment, I'm trying to find a clip and like, there's nothing you can really play. It's more of a visual, the actual match. And I just Googled gold dust paper promos. And I found that one. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about this. I was six or yeah. 12 years old watching this. This was 96, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So 96. I mean, even then, I don't know. It was just so shocking that this would be on family television. You know what I mean? It was just, it was too much. Yeah. <laughs> but I was old enough to appreciate it. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's good. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was, you know, he would touch Piper and, you know, run his fingers on him. And there was one, I think on Monday Night Raw, where they're going back and forth and he's really trying to get under Piper's skin. And Piper at the time was the president. Yeah. Or the, you know, kayfabe president. Mm-hmm. And, and Goldust is getting on his knees as he's like, yeah, Piper, you know, we're going to have this match. <laughs> I, I think to, that's Monday Night Raw. It's like, I want to see what's under your skirt. <laughs> like all this kind of stuff. And Piper is just boiling. Like he's not doing anything yet, but he's super boiling. So anyways, they end up having the fight, and it's a street fight. And to me, this was shocking because I, I've never seen a street fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is amazing. Literally in the street. In the street, yeah, the Hollywood backlot brawl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just starts off with, like, him spraying him with a hose. <laughs> yeah, the gold, <laughs> a golden shower of sorts. <laughs> and, well, he try first, he hits Piper with his car. Yeah, he runs him over. Mm-hmm. And then they they cut to, like, the OJ scene. Yeah, the Bronco. So they take clips of the, the white Bronco. And... Just kind of fast-forwarding to the end of the match, which I thought was probably the best moment of the match, mm-hmm. was Piper getting the upper hand. They're spanking each other back and forth, and I think Piper plants a kiss on him just to kind of say, hey, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. you know, I'm not a homophobe or anything uh-huh. like that. So he kisses him, and then starts stripping him down. <laughs> and at the end of it, Goldust has on like this Victoria's Secret lingerie, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like a like garter a, belt and yeah, all that. Corset, yeah, corset, garter belt, thigh-high stockings and stuff <laughs> like that. He's just so embarrassed now, and he runs off with Marlena up the ramp, and Piper's declared the winner. Uh, yeah, the Goldust character, I, he's he's been given proper due. I think people are, like, appreciate him, but the Goldust character that you see now on TV, just the goofy guy, yeah. not the same original Goldust character. Mm-hmm. I remember his vignettes being like, who? and like I thought that wig he wore was his real hair. So I was like, well, that's weird. Why is he such long blonde hair? And... When he turned babyface, I think he was interviewed by Jerry the King Lawler, and Jerry's like, "You aren't you? Aren't you?" He's like, "No," and he beats the shit out of Lawler, <laughs> then like makes out with Marlene, Marlena in front of him. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool like, oh hey, he got us all. He's you know he's just playing mind games. Has been Superman always says he's playing the mind games. He's playing yeah, the mind. He game. played the character really well, and I, I was a smart enough fan at the time to know that he was Dustin Reynolds from WCW. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I was a little bit older, mm-hmm. so I kind of watched both. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what's his name. But just the character he did, it was so believable. I think when I found that out, my mind was blown. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, the guy from Royal Rumble 1990? <laughs> the VHS tape I used to run? No, yeah. that's not the same guy. Yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah the, the moment at the end there, like you said, when he strips him down and beats the crap out of him is, I, I don't think they're going to show that much in montages anymore because it's kind of not PC, but they should. Yeah. They should. And the only, I guess, non-PC word he ever called him, like in promos, was a fruitcake. But, yeah. I mean, that could also be interpreted as that you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it wasn't like, you're, you know, such and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I have, my, I have another one for WrestleMania 12 I'll play in a sec. But first, I want to get to our second interview of the show. And, again, this is my friend Pat. 
big pad as we call him and there's not much needed for intro other than we've been friends for a long time he talks about with me how we decided to go to how he decided to first go to mania because i had been to three prior before that and then he called me he's like we're going wrestlemania and then we've got a couple fun stories so here's pat talking about uh, his wrestlemania experience with me the host of the ppw podcast all right guys next we're gonna go out to washington dc for our next interview in the wrestlemania memories project for big pat pat how's it going hi steve it is great to be here. <laughs> so Pat and I have been friends since I was seven years old. So uh, there's a lot of back and forth between us over the years. And Pat used to come over to my house to watch Monday Night Raw because my parents worked late and his parents wouldn't allow him to watch it. So I kind of got him into it a little bit when we were kids. That is exactly how that went down. Yeah. And uh, I think in it was WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta when Pat decided he was going to go to WrestleMania. So I don't know if you remember the story. But it was when The Rock came back as announced as the host. And immediately after a while, Pat calls me and says, we're going. We're going to WrestleMania. I, I'm sure. That would be the, that was the only that was the tipping point to get me to go, was to go see The Rock. Yeah. So we drove down to Atlanta. Well, you flew. We, uh, a bunch of other guys drove down. And it was kind of an interesting crew of people, but we pretty much split off. And this being your first WrestleMania experience, you've obviously been to live events and stuff like that. But... When you got to see how massive no, it was, I never went to a live event before this. You know, okay, so I, you didn't even go to like a raw or anything. I went to raw like post. You okay. and I went to that raw at the Allstate, but that that event was my first live event that I'd gone to. Okay, so that's even bigger. So this this massive event, you know, did you have any idea how many people would be there? How many wrestling fans would be in one area? No. <laughs> <laughs> so the day of the show, um, we actually ended up, there was the WrestleMania access was attached to the WrestleMania building, the, the Georgia Dome. And so we decided let's kill some time and go in there. And we met Alicia Fox, <laughs> who was not, who was very impressed by you. We used my military ID to get everyone into the event. Yeah. So the WWE, if you're in the military, you get in for free to all their events and, we just all used Pat's card and got in for free. So the access itself was fun, but I tell people all the time, I don't think I'd pay for it. No, it's definitely not worth money because you're paying money to go wait in lines to go meet people. You're not even going to ride a ride. So well, there's another cool story that actually happened this WrestleMania. So we were, we were sitting in the club level of the Georgia Dome, and right behind us was the skyboxes, and, and there was all the wrestlers were behind us. It was like Kevin Nash, and who else is in there? Booker T or something? Or no, yeah, Booker T's wife. Well, yeah. Well, so you didn't get to go meet X-Pac and Road Dog like I did because no. I went out one time. I just like randomly walked up to him like, hey, military, can I get a photo with you guys? And I, I got those photos walking with them. I was pretty lit by then, but <laughs> they were walking out to get like a smoke on the on the, the patio, and I, I they, they took a photo with me, both of them. And the one that remember Road Dog was like trying to like, punch me in the face in the photo. Uh-huh. And then you lost that photo because you upgraded your phone. Yeah, I don't think I have that anymore. I don't think. I would have to go, like, digging through, like, an old computer, I guess, to yeah. go find one. It wasn't worth, like, uh, hunting it down. <laughs> so let's talk about the event itself. So WrestleMania itself in Atlanta, like, the show started. You got jerseys. You got us all the jerseys. Yeah, so this was obviously The Rock came back, and this was the first time he'd come back since – WrestleMania 20, I think. So he had been gone, and not not even like an appearance. He was doing a movie, so he was gone. 
So that's why it was such a big deal for us to go. So I got us, me, Patner from Brandon, and got us all matching jerseys, the football rock jerseys. And uh, the event itself, you know, looking back, it's not like an amazing WrestleMania for matches or anything like that, but it was, an, it was just a really fun show to be there live. Quick side note on that jersey. When I came, moved from Hawaii to D.C., I had to pack, like, minimal stuff to keep with me to get through until I moved all my full load of stuff. Uh-huh. And my that jersey has somehow made it into my essentials list. Well, you never and know. It's in my, like, suitcase right now. I mean, I don't foresee when I will be putting it on, but I, I see it right now in my room. <laughs> They're hanging, and it's, like, one of, like, ten shirts hanging. Yeah, you never know where you need a rock jersey to show up. It's true. Uh, I think the only match, the memory match I had was the Triple H Undertaker match where they had, like, so many false finishes. Mm. Yeah, Edge and Alberto Del Rio had a match. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, but like you said, the WrestleMania itself wasn't great, but yeah. it still intrigued you enough to go the next year in Miami. Well, because it was all based on The Rock. All right, so we're going to – all right, so that's true. But we have to kind of skip – we're going to skip that, which is fine. So there's fun. There's plenty of hilarious stories in Miami, but we'll get to the main event. It was me, you, our friend Eric, and our other friend Dinahan. And me you and Eric were clearly wanting The Rock to win, but we're all thinking there's no way The Rock's going to win. There's no reason for him to win. No, that was that wasn't that great of WrestleMania either, though. I think it was. It had well. You were mad because Pat's also a huge Y2J Chris Jericho fan, so he was yeah. pretty upset when Jericho lost and. That was the moment, too, when Jericho got him in the actual Lion Tamer, like with yeah. the old school, the walls. Uh, you thought that was it. He's going to win. Yeah. Well, there was, there was also the nine-second match with Sheamus yeah. and Daniel Bryan. Like some of the other – like the Jericho – because it was Jericho CM Punk, right? Yeah. So that match was good. but And the Rock match was obviously really good. And this, there was the Undertaker, Triple H, Hall in the Cell, which was good. Okay. So I guess that was a better – you know, I just thought of the first match because that, that the, the the SmackDown Championship with Daniel Bryan and Sheamus led off the event, and it was mm-hmm. like just done in nine seconds, literally. Yeah. All right. So also, obviously, we talked about the Rock and scene and how great it was. So how about you tell your story, your perspective of watching the Rock hit that rock bottom and hit the three count? Well, I've been to a lot of events in my life. I've had the luxury and the I've been lucky enough to go to an NFC Championships. Uh, I've got to go to the World Series to see the Sox win, and I've got to go see multiple different events. But never have I been more excited at a live event than when he sprung up and hit that rock bottom. I literally felt pure joy and like about 13 years old. So that was of all the live events I've ever gone to, that was the most excited. And to think that the most excited I've ever been in a live event was a scripted event. A fake Still sport. My mind. <laughs> but it was it blew my mind and I was so excited, so stoked. It was it was so great. <laughs> we were jumping on top of each other, we were so excited. <laughs> like I could we couldn't believe it. We're like, there's no way he won and our buddy Dean and Wine seen him was really pissed, so we were giving him shit. Just that whole the fact that he won just made the the whole rest of the trip, which pretty much ended that day, just end on such a high note. Well, it, no, hold on. One, I lost $100 or whatever amount of money it was getting there because I fell asleep in the cab. But two, we didn't get home until 3 in the morning after that event because there were no cabs in Miami. Yeah. 
So tip for anyone that that's energy going. from that wind diminished before we could go to a bar to get drinks. Yeah. So after this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So there's a huge stadium show, 60, 70,000 people, whatever it was. You'd think every cab in town would be there waiting. There was not a cab to be found. So no, then, there was a lot of people waiting. We were not the only people waiting until two or three in the morning to get a cab. Yeah, people were just standing around, like wandering. And finally, a cop I think called, like, "Hey, you got to get some cabs down here." And they just set a big line. And eventually, they started, you know, at about two in the morning, rushing everybody through. But to me, I didn't care. It almost was funny. Cause I was so happy that the Rock won. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to go out and like party afterwards because kind of by the time we got back, we we're all pretty tired. Well, we did that. So you skipped WrestleMania 29. I believe you were still. I believe you were in Hawaii when you, for WrestleMania 29. So we went, but you were back for WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. Now that, that was, was great. No, New Orleans itself was just a ridiculous town. You add yeah. in fifty thousand out of town wrestling fans coming in, it just gets even more crazy. Yeah, that was my favorite event because we immediately got to leave the arena and go drink and party right afterwards. So it wasn't like. So the, the the Rock Cena match was my favorite match, but the overall event with Daniel Bryan and stuff and that Undertaker uh, Lesnar match mm-hmm. that was my favorite overall experience because of getting to go on to Bourbon Street. And we also got to meet Hacksaw Jim Duggan at Access that year. And we met the Nasty Boys at that right. bar. Right. So, so this was we I saw Pat Patterson sitting by himself, lonely at a bar on our way back from the event That's and then true. we saw maria with some ring of honor people wandering yeah. the streets and she's gorgeous yeah and then we we missed it but didn't wasn't didn't like rob van dam do a uh, like somersault into the crowd or something like that with alberto del rio in on the streets no it was in a bar oh i don't remember that yeah so this apparently del rio and van dam don't really like each other in real life and yeah. the DJ didn't know that, so he was like playing it up, and they were getting more and more mad at each other. And eventually, RVD did a somersault into the into the crowd at the bar. Really? Yeah. I did not, I did not know of this. Yeah. So the hacksaw Jim Duggan story is funny because, like I said, we went to Access, and it just Access is nothing but lines. So we got in what we thought was the shortest line, and it, it wasn't that bad. We had about thirty five minutes or so to meet him. We yeah, got a legends house line. Yeah, we get up to Hacksaw, and he's in a great mood. He's like, "Hey, how you? Don't worry, from Chicago. Here's my Hall of Fame ring. Oh, say, take a picture. Oh, so he's just a super nice guy. He is and first Royal Rumble winner. That's <laughs> true. That's true. I got. I still have his autograph. It's on my uh, the on the little promo giveaway thing they give us. It's on my closet door. I have looking up at it right now. Yeah, I have it somewhere too. I don't know where it is. But it definitely is out there too. It's uh, buried. Those somewhere. access things are just—they're—they're they're fun for if you're—you're you're really gonna have to put in a full day if you want to meet more than two people. Yeah, and you've got to plan okay. it out. Too. Significance. If you want to meet, like I think you know who I think when we were one of the WrestleManias we went to access. I was trying to convince you guys to wait to go meet Trish Stratus. Yeah, but the line was looked like about an hour and a half. Yeah, it would have been worth it. But for, yeah, for you, for you to for me, yes. So you said out of the three, you went to, you went to twenty-seven, twenty-eight, and thirty. Thirty is your favorite. Yes. What out of those three has been was your favorite match that you got to see live? Rock Cena in Miami because that was like I said, it would be it'd be kind of I couldn't really say that it was the most excited I've been at a live event, and then say that wasn't my favorite of all the matches. That's true. What about uh, any any other funny stories? 
either wrestling related or not, because these trips are ridiculous when you have you and your friends and you hang out and you basically drink all weekend around wrestling fans. I mean, I've got a couple funny stories I could tell, but do you have any? Um, it doesn't have to be at the show. It could be prior to or after as well. Well, at WrestleMania. While you're thinking about it, I'll tell the story about because you mentioned it about how you lost 100 bucks in the cab. Yeah. So we're taking the cab to WrestleMania in Miami. Um, we started the day off at like noon, just at a bar by our hotel, having drinks. And Pat must have been down in a lot more than I noticed. And uh, we get in the cab, and he's sitting in the front seat, and he falls asleep on the way there. So we give him, Pat wakes up, we give him the money to pay the cab driver, and we get out. And Pat goes, You know, you guys got to start paying me for these cabs. And we go, we just paid you the full cab fare. He goes, you did? Oh, I gave him like a hundred bucks. So Pat gave him a hundred dollars of his own money plus like the seventy-five of our money for the cab fare. So that guy had the best tip he's ever had. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think of off the top of my head was uh, when we were in New Orleans and Dina Han snoring, but not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this was this was after WrestleMania, I believe. Yeah, or no, no, it might have been the day after Raw, because we went to the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania that year, too. Oh, yeah. Bourbon Street also had, I, I gave the, the gay stripper a dollar just to take a photo with me. Uh-huh. And then the black woman who, I grabbed her butt. Yeah, so you got to finish that story. You can't just say you molested somebody. So, I don't remember. I just know that. <laughs> so I asked if, here's the I don't story. remember what, what, what led up to that photo. We All right, so there's a photo of, of Pat next to this woman who's got a enormous enormous butt and yeah. he goes up to her and she was on she was just you know on, on her phone he taps on the shoulder excuse me ma'am you have an incredible ass and she goes oh thank you baby come here you got to touch it so she grabbed him and invited you to touch her ass you didn't just molest her yeah yeah i, I didn't do it unprovoked yes so next year it's in new orleans Are you going back I would consider going back to New Orleans. Anything that's on this side of the uh, Mississippi, I'll consider going to. Plus, yeah, I, know, I have a friend that's actually stationed down there now uh, and lives in New Orleans, so mm -hmm. it would be that'd be easier. But Orlando would have been fun. It all depends on the lineup. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably skipping this year unless something you know drastic happens. But Orlando's a fun town. I went for 24. But I don't think any any town's going to compete with New Orleans. I'm really glad they got it back because you can walk, like you said, you can walk everywhere. Everybody walked to the show the day I walked to the Superdome. You yeah, know, we were we were one block off of the strip. Yeah, of Bourbon Street. Oh yeah, that strip Bourbon Street. Yeah, the strip's Vegas. So I tell people this that if like I've talked to a couple of people already that already that actually attended WrestleMania 30 like we did, and they got lucky because a lot of stuff happened in that that weekend. We got to see The Undertaker lose. We got mm -hmm. to see Daniel Bryan win, you know, the culmination of a storyline. We got to see Hogan, The Rock, and Austin in the ring at the same time. And then the Rock, Hogan called it the Silver Dome like three times. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got to see The Ultimate Warrior's last appearance ever on this earth. We always go to the Raw afterwards, so we got to see him also at Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, we got to see Hogan there. And the shield turned but to good and stuff that day. Yeah, and Paige debuted and won the title. So, yeah. So we got to see a lot of stuff. And um, it seems like the WWE is trying to push that stuff, but it's tough now because uh, I don't know if the roster's not good enough or if they're not committed to their guys. But what do you think about all these part-timers coming in and basically being the main events of WrestleMania every year now? Well, I mean, it happened if you think of, like, 
The Rock versus Hogan back in 2005 at Mania, right? Was that 2002. 2002. So they've, they've, I mean, they have Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. They've been bringing people back for quite some time. Because when Ric Flair came back, he was probably in his 40s or 50s when he fought Michaels at Mania, right? Yeah, that was his retirement match. And then Hogan and Rock, and I'm sure they've done it before then, and I just don't remember, but. I think that the like the is, is the, the only thing this year it gets me nervous. I'm nervous. I hope they don't do is I hope Goldberg doesn't win the title because that Goldberg Lesnar match doesn't need a title no. uh, to be involved in it. it but it's good for certain storylines. Like if obviously Seth Rollins is hurt, but if he and Triple H have a match, that's Triple H always puts on a good show. So there's guys that are just good. Show showmen that this are g- great for the the atmosphere and know how to uh, control the arena and control the scene and and put together a great masterpiece even though they don't wrestle all year. My thing I, is is what I tell people is WrestleMania is not for the fans that watch every week. It's for the yeah. casual fans that sh- watch once a year. That's just who it's for. And I yeah, think if you, you accept that, a football stadium. Yeah, and if you accept that, you know it's it you enjoy the show a lot more. Like, you know, the Super Bowl is the biggest football event in the year. Football games every week don't have these huge halftime shows and huge pomp and circumstance. It's a once a year, huge buildup thing. Yeah, it's exactly, it's, it's a, probably a better way of putting it than I did that it's, it, it allows for everyone to enjoy your, your, cause there's going to be, you know, if you go with like week to week or even pay-per-view to pay-per-view throughout the course of the year, you have hit and miss pay-per-views. You have hit and miss like raws and episodes where if you were a fan at that, Raw, you're just kind of like I think you and I went to that one where it was like the prices were right. Yeah, with I was like, yeah, it kind of stunk, but it was funny. But like, it wasn't a lot of good wrestling. Mm-hmm. But you watch on TV, and then the actual event when you're at it, you're, you're, there's not that much wrestling. This one is they have to guarantee it as much as possible that the event is going to be spectacular, regardless of the matches. It has to be like a pomp and circumstance thing, like a huge thing. Yes. So it sounds like you're in favor of always being in a huge stadium and never at, like, the All-State Arena or something again. No, because it's great. You get, like, ESPN out there and, like, the the celebrities are out there and it makes it into this huge event that other sports don't even have an opportunity to do, right? Because most sports have a Game 7. Like, that's their only thing. They have to hope for a Game 7 to create that kind of atmosphere. Uh This is a, just like the Super Bowl, or like college football championship, a known product that's going to have this one event that everything is going to culminate at. Yeah, that's a good. I'm glad you brought up the college football thing too, because just another another comparison in the game seven thing too. Because I'm sure you, because you have friends that don't watch wrestling and girls and things like that, and they kind of tease you. They'll say, "What do you go to that for?" And uh, my wife went last year, and she kind of had that attitude, like, uh, "This is going to be stupid," but she had a blast because how like. Just as, it's a huge spectacle. Yeah, I, I think anyone that goes, I, I, even the, even not a, a casual fan, even a person that isn't really a fan, I don't think anyone can go to WrestleMania and not have an enjoyable time. Because mm-hmm. you can tailgate, you can people watch, you can watch, you know, the the, the show aspect. Though you don't have to know what's going on. Yes, you, you, I try to watch during this season just so I do know what's going on at WrestleMania. My ability to watch the rest of the year isn't always. As high, yeah. I try to watch now as much as I record it now and watch it. Yeah, and I'm excited for this one. It looks like there's some good storylines that will culminate there. Yeah, and it's 
having AJ Styles and stuff in the mix, and you have a lot of good talent. So yeah. I have a question for you. I have a question for sure, you. Sure, sure. I get to ask a question. As you can ask get. me whatever you want. What, besides the Charlotte, Becky Lynch, uh, Sasha Banks, triple threat women's match last year, what has been your favorite women's match? Because I'm sure that's your favorite that you've at, watched at, at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one I actually saw was because at WrestleMania 30 there was the Battle Royal. Uh, WrestleMania 24 had like like a Playboy Bunny match where the lights went out oh, yeah. and with Snoop Dogg involved. Um, 25 had the Divas Battle Royal where Santina Morello won. Uh, yeah. I don't remember 26. I don't remember. No, no, 27 at Snooky, um, which kind of puts that really out of date in, as far as the time it was set in. Uh, 28 had like Maria Menounos. 29, the girls match got cut. 31, I didn't go to. Um, so it's. But that is that is the best one. Though, it's right? Yeah, nothing's even close. Do you I, think any of these could ever be like considered the way they've been main eventing uh, some of the women's matches at Raw could ever be one of the three main events? Yeah. Here's what I would say they'd have to do. So I was actually thinking about this the other day. So a lot of people are complaining because they're doing, like, title switches with the women's title on Raw instead of pay-per-views, and they're doing all these huge matches. They're like, why aren't you saving it for Mania or WrestleMania or the pay-per-views? It's because the WWE's business model changed. They don't care about pay-per-view buys anymore because they have the network. They yeah, they need to keep the network relevant. They care about... Uh, weekly weekly television ratings because that's going to help them more finance wise than paper because their old model was yes build to the pay per views get people to buy it but now they don't have to so the only way I could see them doing that like this Bailey thing for example like she's she was starting to get built up and then they pulled the trigger and gave her the title which is fine but you would have to have something where Bailey kind of has a Daniel Bryan movement where she gets put back like by the authority for almost a year and then finally culminates at WrestleMania. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Cause I can't see a women's match ever being the last event at a WrestleMania. Cause I think that most people would be disappointed with uh -huh. that. Yeah. But you also but, realize a lot of fans at WrestleMania are hardcore fans too. We mentioned the casuals, but it's probably about 30, 40% that are like the crazy fans. Right. And they show up at raw. Yeah, that's true. That's that's, they take over raw. They show up the raw the next day. Yeah. So that I think was a sight to see. So you said your favorite match was the Rock Cena out of all of them. I mean, well, it was the one I was the most excited for. Like, that, if I were to think back to like technical wrestling of the ones that I was there to watch, it probably would have been like a Jer Jericho Punk match uh -huh. or one of the Undertaker matches. I mean, the uh, the Undertaker match of you were last year's the Undertaker match last year was my favorite one to watch on TV. Which changed. Yeah, yeah. It, and it was entertaining, too. Uh, that and the women's match were my two favorite matches of the entire WrestleMania. Yeah. I think my favorite one is the rock scene is up there, but it's going to be Shawn Michaels Undertaker at WrestleMania 25, their first match. But after yeah. that, it's got to be roxena has got to be right there. Cause, not because it was the best match of all time, but like you said, the excitement factor was off the chart. I'd say the biggest upset of a WrestleMania is that would be when Triple H beat Sting. Because I thought for sure Sting was going to beat him and kind of like go out that way. But the fact that Sting, Sting's pay-per-view record in, is 0-2 and he's retiring, right? At, at yeah. WWE. 
I, I, I didn't care that he lost. I mean, he gets shit for this, but I never liked Sting because I never liked WCW. Like, I did, but I was more of a WWE, WWF guy, so I didn't really care that Sting lost. So you're, I take it you're also not excited that DDP's getting inducted? I mean, that's fine. Good for him. He seems like a nice guy. DDP yoga, man. I, we met Scott, uh, me and our friend Eric, we met Scott Hall. And uh, he was at he was doing a screening of the the movie Jake or DDP made about Jake and Scott Hall and their rehab and stuff. Scott Hall, super nice guy, he seemed like in great shape too, and he looked good too. So he at least he got him sober and cleaned up, and Jake cleaned up too. Yeah, that was that was a a good thing. I've seen I've seen a little like infomercials for the DDP yoga. It seems like a lot of people like it. Seems like it helps out some people because they have their before and after photos. Yeah, well, that's all fitness stuff, but good for him. So I don't want to get too much yeah. on DDP yoga here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can uh, wrap up our little conversation here now. So thanks for coming on. I mean, hopefully we'll see you. Uh, you and I will meet up in New Orleans, hopefully next year, if not seeing you before then. Yeah, for sure. I'm hoping... You know, if they ever do a pay-per-view out here in the in the East Coast, like especially D.C., Baltimore, or anything like that, yeah, like they could have had. I mean, FedEx Field could definitely do a WrestleMania out here with where the Redskins. What's play. the What's the weather like there in April? I mean, it's right now it's seventy. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's what it is here too. So I guess it's I guess they're more they're hit or miss, but well, most Aprils are going to be warm because. That's when they do the Cherry Blossom Festival, so that's got to be in the 60s at least, so it's not right. cold. Well, I'll write the WWE a letter for you and saying, Patrick would like a WrestleMania at FedEx Field, please, and thank you. Yeah, I think it'd be a fun time out here, but grand, yeah, New Orleans is probably the, the better a better choice. What? Uh, we'll wrap asking this question. What city do you think could host WrestleMania realistically that hasn't yet that would be a good city? I mean, obviously I think New Orleans is number one. Has uh, has Tampa ever hosted one? No. Tampa would be a fun place to go. Yeah, there's or they've done Orlando, they've done Miami, so yeah. Ooh, ooh, actually, have they ever done one in Nashville? No, that's a good one. That would be a, that would probably be the best because right that would be epic because you have all those bars leading right up to where the Titans play. Okay, well that's WrestleMania 35. Let's get them to Nashville. That 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 probably be my vote. It would be there. It's it's a fun town too. So you, it'd be kind of like it would be very uh, New Orleans esque in terms of walking out of the stadium and you're right there to the the bar scene. All right. Well, we will write the letter. We'll get the we'll get the petition going now for Nashville for the WrestleMania 35. Good deal. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Steve. All right. Thanks, Big Pat, for for coming on. It's always fun when I talk to my friends and they get kind of a little like awkward at first because they feel like I'm interviewing them instead of having just conversation. And that's, I want more friends to come on, but they're like, well, I don't want to hear, like do that. I'm like, why? It's not, it's just us talking, right? But it's yeah. when you have headphones on and you're talking to a microphone, I guess people feel the need to talk differently or something. But yeah, the microphone adds a little bit of pressure because yeah, if more, I think about stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to have this conversation. I come on here and I kind of clam up a bit and I get lost for words. <laughs> yeah. Because normal know. conversation, I don't talk like this. <laughs> I think because when you're normal conversation, you're not worried about filling dead air. Yeah. Like if there's if there's we're not talking for a few seconds, it's not a big deal. Right. But here, like two seconds feels like forever. You know. Like even right now, let's talk. Like, that's, oh, it's, it's just no. too long. It's too long. <laughs> they turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. But, Is yeah. that the end of it? Stop. Yeah. Speaking of that, of, of the end of 
they turning it off. For whatever reason, the last few weeks, our listeners and downloads have gone up significantly. So thank you guys for listening. And if, if you'd like to share with your friends, and, and if you want to come on sometime and, and talk, or if you want to shoot me an email, I can definitely read it on the air or whatever you want. So thanks again, everyone, for listening and for following on Twitter, where Twitter followers are almost 100 Twitter followers, yeah. which sounds like tiny and stupid compared to podcasts that have been out forever. We only have 11 episodes now, and we kind of poached a few fans from the Man Cave podcast because they were awesome and retweeted me and promoted me for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely check out at Man Cave Podcast. They are, if you're going to WrestleMania this year, they're doing a Man Cave Podcast tailgate at the stadium, so check them out. Uh, Jeff and Sean, awesome guys. I've known Jeff for a while. Jeff used to live in Chicago with me, played on my baseball team. He's an awesome guy, so we've been able to keep in touch through podcasting and through his podcast. Check them out at Man Cave Podcast. But thank you, guys, listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much for following and for listening. Let's get some of these moments I was thinking of happened a long time ago. So I heard something stand out, and I'm like, well, I want I want to kind of relive this again. So I, you know, googled just say Roddy Piper Goldust, like the build up to it. Yeah, kind of okay. the build up, see the promos, kind of see where it went because I remember the match and, and some of the stuff that happened to it. But I just kind of want to get interested in into it again so through the searches there's things like kb's wrestling reviews had a monday night raw episode i'm like okay that was the date and then there's other things i'm trying to find promos. great guest of the positively yeah. wrestling podcast kb yeah. so his site was really good because it helped me find some stuff yeah and his site's awesome again i cannot stress how awesome of resource his site is if you are bored one night and you're like i said i told him that too i'd be i'll be put on a random paper like wcw and the match will start and i'm like is this match worth my time and he'll be like, uh, gives it a B plus. Okay, he's like, F, do not watch this garbage. So boring. <laughs> but what's also cool is he'll give it a rating based on what he thinks just of the match. But also he'll have notes in like, like this was a D plus match. He's like, but at least they tried. The worst thing I'll see is he says it's boring. That's that drives me nuts. Like I hate boring wrestling matches. Yeah. What's funny is when I was a kid, I, that's all I watched. Like on Superstars, those boring squash matches. I have uh, the complete seasons of Superstars from 91 92. I've been kind of watching them. Like, man, these are rough to get through. Yeah. <laughs> the promos and stuff are cool, but the actual matches are just squash matches. And people are like, why aren't squash matches back? Because they're fucking boring. That's why they're not back. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry to break it to you. And some of those matches weren't 30, 40 second matches. They no. went on for five, six, seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not it's not good. But what what was cool about those superstar shows was the the, the funeral parlor and the barber shop and Yeah, and, those segments I really dug. Mm-hmm. It was like the non wrestling segments yeah. that were just kinda captiv- captivated my imagination. Yeah, they were those segments pushed angles to get people to go to house shows to see matches. And I think the the copy I have is somewhere in the northeast because they're advertising local shows like come see the big boss man versus nails, like at local yeah, shows right. in, in their town. So they're pushing people towards the house shows and to buy the paper because they're not giving away stuff on TV, which they cannot do anymore because it's the network, which is awesome because everything's cheaper. And I cannot believe we used to pay $60 for pay-per-views anymore. I can right. never imagine going back to that monthly pay. Now there's two a month sometimes. Yeah. No. Yeah. The people can complain about wrestling. Like I'm canceling. I'm like for nine bucks, <laughs> you're going to cancel. <laughs> like even if you, let's say you watch two pay-per-views a year, you yeah. paid for it. You paid for everything. And plus all right. the on-demand stuff and the original content and, can't beat it yeah i can understand how people don't have time mm-hmm. to watch that much but just to get mad at say fast lane people got pissed like oh i'm canceling and mm-hmm. some people did <laughs> but they're gonna be back yeah they're always it's back. only 10 bucks right or they'll get like an email i one time my credit card expired on it and like i got extra like it just canceled or whatever on accident uh-huh. and they sent me like six emails three months free come back yeah <laughs> so fyi 
you're okay if you can't see it, get a free promo. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm not officially promoting that, but it's possible. Yeah. Okay, let's go back into our WrestleMania moments. So what do you have next? You had uh, WrestleMania 12, yeah. and my, ne- also one, my, my next one's also from WrestleMania 12. Okay. What, what's he doing? He's pointing up to the heavens! He's pointing up to win the moon! That's a feet in the air! Is that who we think it is? And that was the clip of Shawn Michaels repelling from the ceiling at WrestleMania 12 versus match versus Bret Hart. I don't know if you remember this, but the night before they had the Slammy Awards on the USA Network, and Shawn Michaels won Best Entrance performer or whatever one best entrance mm-hmm. and during his expect- acceptance speech he said you ain't seen nothing yet and i thought man that's cool because i watched the slammies live and my other friend eric eric with a k he ordered wrestlemania 12 so i got to go to his house and watch it and one this is an iconic wrestlemania moment because it's used in all of the vignettes of michaels the shot behind of him rappelling down but also we were watching it in his room, and his dad came up, and he was watching him, and he's, what's that guy doing? And we're like, he's going for the city. He goes, and he just kind of blew us. I was like, I could do that. <laughs> and we're like, no, you could He's like, I could do it with no problem. He yeah. just left the room. Hey, what a dick. The match, we talked about the WrestleMania 12 match, but the call that Mike, that Vince McMahon has, like, oh, what a ride, unbelievable. He's really, like, pushing hard, like, yeah. this is your new guy. Everybody right. loves Shawn Michaels. I think when I was watching these and rewatching the clips and watching the moments and listening to the announcers i wanted to put these audio clips in because it, it made such a difference to me hearing them and reliving that moment we could talk about it all we want but hopefully if you're listening to this you'll go back and watch some of these moments based on those those clips that we're playing so yeah from that match i think that was the, the iron man match right yeah when like bret hart's reaction to when monsoon starts the match over again mm-hmm. like he's just so pissed He's like, I just went through hell. <laughs> Bret Hart's? Yeah. Yeah. He, no, I, he's walking the aisle, and he goes, what? Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if that was, I think that was the, so Michaels and Bret Hart on the greatest rivalries on the network. Also, there's a DVD set of it. Michaels and Bret, the plan was for Bret to leave and plant the tension that we really don't like each other. Mm-hmm. But that was our plan. I was supposed to be pissed. I was supposed to walk off. And he was going to come back, and they were going to feud have a rematch WrestleMania 13 where Brett was going to win, have a trilogy where Michael was going to win. But, of course, all the back-and-forth crap they went through never happened, and Michaels had a knee, a knee injury, so none of it never happened. But that whole... Even so, that whole rivalry, I felt like they really hated each other. I really felt that way. Then I watched uh, the interview with the two. They didn't like each other, but they, they liked each other enough to work together. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they started off as friends, and, <clears throat> yeah. and Bret Hart's book, he talked about how... During his match with British Bulldog at SummerSlam 92, there was he got a tape of the match, and Michaels was knocking on the door. He's like, hey, can we watch the match at the hotel room? And they watched it, and Michaels was like, you're the man. You know, Thank you. Guys like you now are given a chance for guys like me and my size to push. So awesome. We're going to take over the business. And But then stuff happens, and people form clicks, no pun intended, and yeah. it doesn't work. But we did get that awesome WrestleMania entrance from Shawn Michaels. And, uh, here's Eric's next clip. He's going to... He's going to soak it in. 
Miz grabbing the championship. It's from the other side. It's Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder pushes Miz down. Zack Ryder is at the top of the ladder. No way. Zack is at the top of the ladder. Zack's got the title. Zack wins the championship. Zack Ryder wins the championship. Here is your winner and the new Intercontinental Champion, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder wins the Intercontinental Championship. So the next one I've got is Zack Ryder. WrestleMania 32. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say 28 when he got kicked in the nuts by Eve Torres. <laughs> <laughs> no. Although that was a pretty fun moment. <laughs> that entire match was just insane. It was totally athletic, and everybody's doing so many good things. And towards the end, it was starting to wind down, and people are getting closer and closer to getting the title. I thought for sure Miz was going to get it because he's up there, then he's showboating a little bit, he turns around, he's reaching up. And then out of nowhere, like a thief in the night, here comes Zack Ryder, runs up the ladder, shoves him off, and pulls it down. Mm-hmm. And just the music like that we heard, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's so infectious. I love the guy because there were years I, I just loved him so much. And just to see him win and that music, <laughs> just incredible. All right, full disclosure, I'm not a huge Zack Ryder fan. No. Just didn't like the gimmick, didn't, don't, don't like his matches, but. The when thing he, that I liked about him the most was getting himself over on his Long Island IC show. I don't know if you ever watched no, it. No, I didn't. Yeah. So that was probably why. And so he would just, he would have different, like, broski of the week, and he mm-hmm. would have little interviews. Sometimes he'd have his dad on it. Just like, say, me and you talking. Yeah. But he would do it with fans and then have, like, a little camcorder. And then he'd, like, show off his little wrestling collectibles and his toys. And, so I don't that's know, why you liked him, because cool. he's got toys. <laughs> no, it just, he just seemed like a genuinely cool, nice, fun guy. Mm-hmm. And he got himself over. He's an internet champion, and I don't know, just everything about him I thought was awesome. And the clip you you kind of hear it a little bit. I tried to keep a bunch in there. So when the Miz is on top of the ladder, the crowd was like, "No, we can anybody but anybody right. but the Miz." <laughs> and like, I can't believe this is happening. And the Ryder won. And like I said, I wasn't a Ryder fan, but when he won, I was there. I was like, "Yeah!" I mean, my wife were jumping up and down, yeah. and these two girls in front of us like lost their shit, screamed <laughs> their minds out, and I that. Did you woo, woo, woo with them? I don't remember. Maybe. <laughs> I had a few cocktails by then. We were tailgating yeah. from 1 o'clock. Hey. And, and it, was, it was a really fun moment. Yeah, and he lost title the next night, whatever. He got hurt again. But no matter what, I think he even talked about it on the WWE 24 WrestleMania Dallas special. It was no matter what, I'll always have that. They're never going to oh, take yeah, it away from right. Him. Yeah. So congrats to Zack Ryder on that pretty cool WrestleMania moment for him. When he won it. I wasn't even thinking, like, oh, how long is he going to retain or he's going to lose it. I didn't even think about any of that, just the fact that he won it. Mm-hmm. I think that'll stick with him, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's my next WrestleMania moment. I think this is my last one. So this one I just played was the moment in the Shawn Michaels-Undertaker one match for WrestleMania 25 where Michaels kicked out of the tombstone. Michaels tried to skin the cat. You know, he got over the top rope. Undertaker caught him, had him in the, walked in the middle of the ring, big jumping tombstone, folds his arms, eyes rolled back in his head, tongue out. The crowd's like, this is over, because already, at the time in the match, he already hit him with the last ride, already hit him with the choke slam. I think he hit him with a, a tombstone but didn't cover him. But like, all right, it's over. Because at the time, people were not kicking out of finishes every every minute yeah, or every 
six, seven finishers, then you win. So one, two, the crowd's over. He kicked out people. Oh, people, you could watch, you could see people in the crowd. Their hands are up in the air. Undertaker's face, he zooms in like, I can't believe it. JR selling it like crazy. What did I just see? I had not about experience. Yeah. I'm super, super biased. It's my favorite match of all time. Super <laughs> biased. It's it's such an amazing match. It tells an amazing story. It's it's a work of art. And that's what pro wrestling is sometimes. A stupid fake sports is telling a great story in the ring and that moment when he kicked out, I was like, I cannot believe that happened. Like they got me there. So congratulations for me. The I know everything. You don't ever get me. They got me right there. Yeah. Were you watching live at the time or no? This is 2009. I don't know if you were watching. No, I wasn't watching live. But you've gone back and watched the match before, obviously, yeah. and seen all yeah. the moments and stuff. So you didn't get the actual experience because you know who won while you were watching it. So it's kind of tough to tell. Yeah. But when you're watching it live, it's just a great, great match. I think the last moment we have... We both had, but it's kind of different. So we'll play two separate clips. So here's the, the first part of the clip. I gotta wonder what Punk's thinking after he's demonstrated the depth to which a human being can sink. I mean, he's done every despicable thing you can imagine. And now he may have to pay the price! So that was the... You, you can't really hear it, but during the Undertaker-CM Punk match, WrestleMania 29, Punk is like you know, cocky, like he's like amped up and like the gong hits and he kind of goes, yeah, like he pumps his fist, like he's ready to go. And this match itself was awesome. Awesome match. Best match on the card that year <clears throat> in, in WrestleMania 29. What are your, but we'll go to your club in a second. That, uh, but what about you? I was just a this? huge punk fan at this point, And when I, I just believed he was 20 and one, he was going to be the one in 20 and one. And his reaction when, when the gong hits, Usually people are cowering, like, oh, my God, and they, they get scared, or they just look like they're they're afraid of what's going to happen or what's coming. And he was just, like you said, bring mm -hmm. it on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm, yeah, that's the attitude they have. <laughs> I'm so glad the camera caught that, too, yeah. because sometimes they're not on him. They're on, like, the top of the ramp. I, I wanted this as my moment for a different reason than that. This is my favorite Undertaker WrestleMania entrance, entrance of all time. He comes up, the hands are grabbing at him, yeah, like I zombies. When he does the... He goes to the steps and does the, the the hand raise with the fireworks. It is the most awe-inspiring entrance in WWE history. It is the entrance of a legend. Of a man of near mythic proportions. Of a man who is 20-0 at WrestleMania. That, that clip I just played there, that's right after that. Is when CM Punk's like, you mad? Are you bad? Oh, you bad? Like, he's like ready to go. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing, just that's that's his best entrance of all time. So those two, I guess, moments. The, the moment for me in this is his Undertaker's entrance, Undertaker coming up through the, the bodies grabbing him. That's my moment for this match. So what is your moment for this match? I think the moment was in one of the promos leading up to it. Towards the end of February, I went to a show in Joliet, Illinois. Uh, Pro Wrestling Blitz is still going on. They have local shows. So I went there because Paul Bear and Jerry the King Lawler were going to be there signing autographs before you go in. Yeah. So I got Paul Bear's autograph. Ten days later, he dies. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's sad. Then I'm, I think before he died, like the week before he died, um, Punk won a four-man match to face Undertaker at WrestleMania. So then I'm kind of wondering, you know, I hope they don't play into this Paul Bearer thing. Mm -hmm. And then sure as shit, <laughs> they start... Uh, they went uh, hard on the Paul Bearer thing. Yeah. Undertaker was doing his little ceremony honoring Paul Bearer. Punk comes out. 
And I'll never forget what he said. He says, you know, I, I came out here to offer my condolences, you know, for your loss at WrestleMania. Oh. <laughs> and, then he, and then, you know, he's pissed. And Jerry Lawler was mad. And he's and Jerry Lawler's like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen happen. <laughs> so he's just talking all this shit about Undertaker. And he says, what else did he say? He said something about... You know, to Paul Bear, you'll always be twenty and zero. You'll be perfect. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, to everybody else, you'll be twenty and one. And just, That's an awesome just, line. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, just the back and forth, and then later on, I think maybe three weeks later, a week before the WrestleMania match, Undertaker is in the in the in the ring cutting a promo on Punk. The lights go down. Some gospel, theatrical, ominous chanting starts happening. Some druids come out. Paul Bearer comes out. I mean, Paul Heyman comes out dressed like Paul yeah, Bearer. Yeah, that He's was like, a little oh, too much. Yeah. That was too much. <laughs> yeah. And Undertaker just looked livid. So he goes up. And Punk is one of the druids, beats him down. And then one another line that I thought was so great. He says, come on, Hocus Pocus, sit up. <laughs> <laughs> and he just beat him down with the ashes, the urn, and then dumped the ashes on him and threw him in his face. Well, no, he dumped the ashes on himself, like bathed in the ashes. That's what Punk did. Uh -huh. And he poured it over his head. I'm like, oh, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but just desecrating that, it just the, I, I don't know, was so shocking to me. Mm-hmm. And then the match happened, and I loved the match, but leading up to the match, I thought was probably the best part of that little short rivalry. I think another moment that would have been awesome if this was the finish was the GTS into the tombstone in yeah. the match, but that was like a false finish, a pretty awesome false finish. Hits him with the GTS, Undertaker bounces off the ropes, catches him right. in the tombstone. That's yeah. a pretty awesome little moment that I don't think anyone saw coming, so that's why it was so cool. Yeah. And then the end, too, I think he went for the last ride, and he gets uh, the urn. Punk yeah. is in the last ride, gets the urn from Heyman, mm -hmm. knocks him out, and I'm thinking, okay, this is it. Being a Punk fan, I wanted Punk to win. <laughs> and I don't know, he just it's just so cocky. You know, crosses yeah. his arms like The Undertaker does. You know, curves his back, sticks out his tongue. I'm like, okay, this is it. Now he kicked out. <laughs> the, uh, the match was great, and at the time I was kind of pissed that Punk wasn't in the title match. Because I was like, he's been there forever. Why are you doing Roxena 2? Nobody cares about it. I was wrong. Everybody cared about it. It was one yeah. of the most profitable maze they've ever done. Huge buy rate, over 80,000 attendance. So I was wrong. People wanted to see it. What I would have done, this is my fantasy booking of WrestleMania 29, 2013. Here's, here's my booking. So Roxena had their match, or no, Roxena, Rock Punk had their match at Royal Rumble where Rock won the title. Yeah. I would have had Lesnar interfere on Punk's behalf, cost Rock the match. Lesnar's a Paul Heyman guy. Then you do Rock, Brock at WrestleMania. That's a huge match. Mm -hmm. Undertaker wins the Rumble that year. So he's going to the main event at WrestleMania, whoever the champion is. Then you're going to do a match between Punk and Cena for the title. And that way people like, either way this is awesome because we get Cena Undertaker or Punk Undertaker. People are cheering for whoever. Punk ends up winning, beats Cena. He could cheat or not cheat, I don't care. <laughs> Cena comes out, let's say he cheats, because then Cena comes out demanding a rematch. All of a sudden, Triple H music hits. It's like, you know, Cena, you're past your prime, blah, blah, blah. You, you shouldn't be here anymore. You had your chance. You're done. Cena brings up, I beat you at 22. You know, Triple H says, that's been too long. They have their match. Then we've got Punk versus Undertaker for the title at WrestleMania. That way, you've got a ton of intrigue like oh my god is punk gonna beat him because undertaker's not gonna be full-time champion anymore yeah all that stuff so then your three minute events are rock versus brock triple h cena punk undertaker 
I, I could have been completely off. I might not have drawn a dime compared to what they actually did. <laughs> but as a fan, I think that's an awesome, intriguing matchup. Punk gets his main event at WrestleMania. He, I still think he loses. I have Undertaker win. Maybe lose the title at the next pay-per-view to whoever you want to give it to. If you want to give it to Cena, give it to Cena or yeah. Triple H or, or Lesnar. Whoever you want to give it to, that's fine. But that was my fantasy booking for that one. That being said, we got the Punk Undertaker match anyway, and it yeah. was an awesome match, and it stole the show, and it was the best match on the card. Yeah, I started watching, I guess, religiously again around WrestleMania 27. So all through the years, you know, I've kind of watched it. And the the Rock Cena, I didn't think was as good. Rock Cena 2 was not as good as the first one, because the first one was a once-in-a-lifetime. It's a super build-up, all this kind of stuff. And the second one, I didn't think was so big. Undertaker and Punk, I thought, should have closed the show. And then he has his main event. Yeah, I think everybody... And in hindsight, people even said, like, you're the best match on the show. But you got to remember, WrestleMania, so many casual fans, they're there to see The Rock and see if The Rock will beat him. I thought The Rock Cena 2 was a better actual match than Rock Cena 1. Just the bill was so much better for Rock Cena 1. Yeah, the anticipation was definitely there for the first one. Okay. You got, I don't think that's it. Did you yeah. have any more moments? No, I all think five. That, yeah, I think that was it. So those were our WrestleMania moments, guys. And. Next week, I will figure out what we're going to do. I don't never really know what I'm going to do from week to week, but we'll figure it out. We've only got about two weeks left of WrestleMania memories, so this has been pumped of WrestleMania. Is there yeah. two weeks? Two weeks left to get no, 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 to be for, done with, to be done with WrestleMania. No, 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 for WrestleMania, I don't know yet. There's not. It's. I don't want to crap on a card that hasn't happened yet. We've got all the announced matches. I will say. I am 100% in on the mixed tag with Cena, Nikki Bella versus Miz and Maurice. Like, yeah. When that was rumored, I'm like, that's the dumbest crap ever. But now because of the promos and the Miz on Talking Smack and Maurice on Talking Smack, I'm in. Yeah. I don't care what they do. It'd be amazing if the Miz won. He's not going to. Or they could have him win and then see him do a beatdown afterwards or something like that. But right. I'm in. Like, I'm glad they're doing that now, right? Because who else has Cena got to face? People say maybe The Undertaker. He's facing Reigns, which I'm not crazy about, but there's a lot of ways they can go with that match, which is what I'm intrigued about. Yeah. Goldberg. I don't want to put a lot of faith into spoilers and, you know, this is scheduled to happen because mm-hmm. it's it's just whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it probably won't happen. The Goldberg-Brock match, I'm intrigued to how the crowd's going to react, mostly. I don't think they're going to pull off an amazing, huge match. I have a I, – I posted on Twitter, if you want to go back and find it, I'm not going to say it here – about what I think is going to happen post-match, because I can, we don't really do predictions here. We don't like to do predictions. Mm-hmm. But I did. I think uh, Mark Caruso was asking me on Twitter what I think, and I, I just responded to him. And Man Cave Podcast got involved and healthy <laughs> movements. So there was a fantasy booking thread on, on Twitter. What else is? What else do we got? What other Mark? AJ versus Shane's pretty much yeah. Yeah, probably going to book that. Jericho and Owens. Y2J Owens, yeah. I don't care that it's not for the title. Because Jericho doesn't well, it's seem for the U.S. Be, title. Yeah, but to so me, that's not a title. <laughs> it shouldn't be for the U.S. title. I, f- I forget it's for, it just just be a grudge match. Yeah. But Jericho's got it, so whatever. He can be the U.S. champ. It looks like they're gonna do um, they're gonna do Bailey versus Charlotte versus Sasha. I'm excited for that. Mostly, I don't know who's gonna win. Everyone just assumes it's gonna be Bailey. Yeah, but it's kind of up in the air. What else do we have? You've got Roman Undertaker. We talked about. We got the Andre Battle Royal, which is going to be a bunch of people in there. Looks like Ambrose versus Baron Corbin should be most likely yeah. a good, like a hardcore match. This is going to be a long show. There's probably going to be like four matches in the pre-show, I'd imagine. It's probably going to start about four o'clock Central Time and go oh, yeah. go from there. Hopefully, they don't burn out too much with everybody. 
which is why I think Brock versus Goldberg is going to be the main event because it's not going to be that long of a main event. So, I I remember watching tapes like Coliseum tapes and, and thinking there was an intermission. Like, there wasn't there like a there twenty was, minute? There always wasn't those, but the, that kind of they kind of do that now with here's the Hall of Fame or here's a musical performance or here's backstage interviews. They, okay, yeah, the live paper visit interviews, the Coliseum tapes. They didn't obviously show it. They just cut it out. They said, we'll be right back. And then they cut right back. And back but it wasn't they, like, you know, we give you 20 minutes to go to the bathroom or something. No, yet. they can't do that now. It's just too packed in. I'm also excited to see this, how the set's going to look. I'm a big fan of the production sets. Mm-hmm. I hope it's like a roller coaster because they're doing like the World's Greatest Thrill Ride. It'd be awesome if it was a roller coaster oh, yeah. theme behind them. That'd yeah, be, that'd be cool. awesome. And obviously they got, they're going to have to put a, some type of canopy over the ring because it's outdoors. I'll be interested to see what they do with that. It's... Pretty. I looked for. T- I was looking at tickets. It looks pretty much sold out. I think Meltzer reported there's like a f- literally only a few hundred left for sale. Unless something drastic happens, I'm going to skip this year. Unless I win tickets or something like that, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be going this year. Maybe we'll do a, a post show with whoever's at my house. We'll do a live reaction show immediately <laughs> afterwards, and, and think of all the positive stuff we liked about it. Yeah. But I kind of talked about. What about you? Got any overall thoughts this year's mania? No, I'm just looking forward to see what potential matches come out from tonight. Mm-hmm. On SmackDown? Yeah, to see what happens. I just I can't believe it's, th- it's only three weeks away. It feels like it's a lot longer, but we've got two Raws and two SmackDowns left before WrestleMania, yeah. right? Cool. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Then I guess we've got our interviews. We've got our WrestleMania moments. Thank you guys for listening. Always follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Share it with your friends. You want to shoot me an email to tell me any opinions or show suggestions, podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Javier. Thank you to Big Pat for coming on and talking your WrestleMania memories with us. Got anything else, Eric? Nope. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week. (laughs) 